Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode, episode 49 of the Canberra Football Show. I'm Matt Nicoletti. Joining me today, as always, is Michael Georgeski. Michael, episode 40, 49, not far away. Not far away from the half century, which is uh, very exciting. So just one more episode now before we can sort of check that one off the checklist. All right. Yeah, look, I'm looking forward to um, the episode 50. Uh, it's... I mean, well, I'm sure we'll give the whole speech when we get there. But yeah, um, did think we make it this far. So it's uh, thank you to everyone in advance, uh, which we'll thank everyone again next week for that in that regard. All right. It's been a fortnight, Michael, but let's get straight into it, shall we? We uh, start with the MPL one and we had some uh, interesting matches this week, to say the least. Do you want to kick us off? Yeah. Uh, to kick us off, we had Belconnen United up against Gungahlin United and we saw a 3-0 away victory for Gungahlin in this match with... Jeremy Habtamarium, Josh Gaspari, and Samuel Habtamarium getting on the score sheet for Gungahlin in that match. So it's good to see the Habtamarium brothers getting on the score sheet together. I'm not sure how many time that, times that's happened in the past, but nevertheless, it's good to see. And Gungahlin, they, they continue their strong start uh, to the season, obviously with an impressive, this impressive away win at Belconnen. And we've talked about it over the years. It's always a hard place to go to and get a result uh, and win. So credit to Marcel and, and his playing group uh, for, for going out there and doing what they needed to do to get the three points. And on the, on the flip side of that, this is now, you know, and, and it's only been two games, but this is the second time this season where Belko have been held scoreless at home. Uh, obviously, the first time around was against Monaro when they lost against Monaro, and then now against Gungahlin United. So they're still waiting for their first goal at home this season. And, you know, uh, in terms of the goals that were scored in this in this game, uh, you know, Jeremy Habdamerim, he did very well uh, to capitalise on a bit of a defensive error from Belko uh, to open the scoring. It was more or less just a through ball intended for him uh, and in normal sort of situations you'd expect the defender to get his foot on it to clear the ball but it sort of just went through him and credit to Habdamerim that stayed with it uh, he, he collected the ball strive forward and was able to finish confidently into the far corner to give you know Gunga on the, the lead and what I really liked was their second goal Matt which was finished off obviously by Josh Gaspari uh, who, who's had a good start to the season as well. We all know how good of a player he is. It was an excellent link up with Michael John. They sort of just, you know, ha- had been working the ball sort of together, sort of making up small little link up play. And then before you know it, sort of Gaspari had sort of passed the ball inside and made a really good run sort of down the outside and the run hadn't really been tracked. And then before you know it, he had collected the ball back in the box with, a lot of space to be able to pick his spot and sort of give Gungahlin a, a good lead um, away at McKellar. And, you know, much of the same was on display in the second half before, obviously, Gungahlin put the result beyond doubt because obviously at 2-0, it's never really a safe scoreline, Matt. But for them, what was important was they just stuck to what they're good at and they'd come out and still played really well in the second half. And obviously that was capped off when this time Sam Habtamerium got on the score sheet. And in what was his 50th 
MPL appearance as well. So kind of a landmark there to not only be making your 50th appearance, but also getting on the score sheet and your team winning as well. So all in all, a great display from Gungahlin, exactly where they want to be. They And correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe they're sitting top of the competition now uh, by two points, given the results from the other games that, that had gone on over the course of the weekend. So that will only just enhance their confidence going forward. But Overall, a great performance away from home. That's the sort of result you want to pick up away from home, especially against a tough outfit like Belconnen United. Regardless, you know, if this isn't the Belconnen of old, they're still a really good team who are being coached really well by Michael Zakowski. So a great a great victory for Gungolin United. Yeah, I'm just checking the ladder now, and it does look like Dribble have actually updated the majority of the ladder i don't have to do my own ladder like i had to for cpl mm-hmm. but um no they're they're top of the table now seven points it says here uh two points ahead of canberra croatia uh, who are behind them in second place and third place is monaro and o'connor knights they haven't updated the scores here but they've only played two games and they went down to tigers so they should be yeah, three points except tigers won so I mm-hmm. believe actually Tigers and Canberra Croatia will be tied second. So there we go. And then just move Monaro into yeah. that slot there. And that is it. So yeah, unfortunately the dribble, the dribble ladders aren't updated uh, regularly um, or at least not in time for when we do this podcast. So if there are a few issues with the uh, standings, that's where it comes from. I uh, look in terms of this game though, Gagala United, uh, I think you sort of nailed it on the head. They, they were very impressive and they were pretty much in control um, for what I saw for this game, I caught the second half and then went back and watched the first couple of goals. Uh, yeah, very um, very controlled performance. Uh, they control a lot of this game and some very good chances. Like you mentioned, that Gasparri goal, really, really good. In terms of Belco, like you said, they were, um, it's always a tough uh, game facing uh, you know the likes of Gungahlin. Um, They'll uh, look to rebuild for their next matchup, though. All right, moving on, we have Canberra Olympic against West Canberra Wanderers. Very, very important victory for Canberra Olympic as they went down in their last two league games, 6-2 to O'Connor and 8-0 to Canberra Croatia in the catch-up midweek fixture. So to say this is important for them may be an understatement. Uh, It is early days, but after two heavy defeats like that, it's really important to get on the board. And that's what Olympic did. And they didn't style, there were some really... Really good goals in this one. Uh, Alan James' goal specifically was very well taken. Great ball over the top from Mark Shields, I believe it was, to set up James there. And James just puts it away. He's continuing to be another important player for Olympic this season. I really rated what he did last season there. He he did very well. Um, Luca Flores went into the box, I believe it was, and um, went for the shot or went for a cross. And there was a handball in the box, which led to a penalty for Olympic, which finished off, was finished off by Ellie Darwich. And I'll tell you what, that was an, that was an absolute rocket in the top corner from Darwich. That's how you take a penalty. Um, yeah. So that was a very good goal there from him. And Iso Sarahegi using his pace, he came on. I believe he came on as a substitute and he broke away and used that trademark pace of his to great effect and scored that third goal. In terms of uh, West Canberra Wanderers, though, we had uh, Bo Harvey as a nice little move together through midfield with Ben Opst. Mm-hmm. Uh, put a through ball to Bo Harvey, and then he finished that confidently um, to score a goal for the Wanderers. And at that stage, it was 2-1. So they probably thought they had they had a bit of hope here, but immediately 
good response from Canberra Olympic to make that 3-1. So overall, in terms of Olympic, like I mentioned, very, very important for them. Um, it sort of proves, uh, it, for them, it would sort of prove to them, okay, we, we didn't get off to the best start, but now we're, um, we're ready to go. And that was a really good victory by them. In terms of West Canberra, remember, this is still only their second game, uh, just like it is for O'Connor, because they haven't replayed that first round matchup yet. So yet to get a victory, but we've mentioned before, it's a young squad at West Canberra and we haven't really seen too much of them, to be honest. And when we have seen them and get good results, they def- uh, knocked out Canberra Croatia from the uh, Australia Cup qualifying. So uh, we, we know they have the quality in their squad. Uh, they're just registered, they've just yet to register their first victory. Uh, Michael, do you have any thoughts on this one before we move on? I think the only sort of real point that I want to back up from what you mentioned was that, you know, it is a huge victory for Canberra Olympic. I think all things considered with what they've had to endure so far to start the season, you know, two difficult losses to really take and cop on the chin and, and sort of get yourself back up and recover from it. And I think this was very important for them just to sort of put those two previous games behind them and really just come out and focus on their football. And that's exactly what they did. And they had to come out and, and get a victory. And, and and that's what they did. So it's going to do them a world of good sort of going forward. And hopefully this can sort of give them a lot of confidence going down the season. Next up, we have Tigers FC who defeated O'Connor Knights 3-1. Anthony Timotheo, Josh Kolevsky and Nick Popovich got on the score sheet for Tigers. And then... Connor Minot-Smith was on the scorecard for O'Connor Knights. A fairly entertaining game that was on display and it still sees Tigers continue their undefeated start to the season. So that will make Ryan Grogan very happy at the helm. I thought that Tigers played some really sort of good football. That was highlighted by their first goal from Timothy. They sort of just built the ball out from the back nicely, played it into midfield, a nice ball over the top. And then a player had sort of made a run towards the byline, cut back, and Timotheo was free just to sort of take a touch, look up and and put the ball in the back of the net. And I'm sure that that is the sort of football that Ryan Grogan wants to see his team playing week in, week out. Um, O'Connor Knights, they, they showed some really good resilience to obviously get themselves back into the, back into the game in the first half. And that obviously resulted in their equal, equaliser, which was... Matt, it was a brilliant free kick from Minot Smith. You know, I don't think we'll see a better free kick in the NPL this season. I know it's so early, but I'm just talking about sort of from a technical standpoint and the, and the pace on the ball and being able to find the top corner like he did. It was an excellent free kick from that yeah. from the talented youngster. So I'm going to say goal of the season so far. <laughs> yeah, it was an excellent goal. It, it, it was a really, really well-taken free kick. But in that instance, that's when really that's when Tigers really showed their experience. Uh, I feel uh, in the second half to obviously grab the two unanswered goals, and which obviously resulted in them getting the, all three points. You know, th- there was a period in the game where the Knights, you know, they did put some chances together and tried to get themselves level. Obviously, for the second time in the game after making it one-one, but they just weren't able to get it to two-two, and you know that's. Their hopes were really obviously dashed when Popovich got on the score sheet. He he scored a nice goal into the top corner there. 
he was a little bit scrappy in the box, but he he managed to get the ball and sort of turn and and fire it into the top corner. You know, it you, you could look at this as the Knights' sort of first big tests, I guess, against one of the big teams in the competition. And even though they weren't able to come away with anything in this game, they'll obviously learn a lot and and come back stronger throughout the season. I I, I certainly think that that will be the case. So, just a matter of it being a learning curve for those players. It's obviously the club's first time back in MPL football and coming up against these elite teams in the competition might, might be a little bit sort of confronting to begin with and you might need a little bit of time to settle, but they obviously had their moments in that game and that's what happens when you come up against a quality side in, in Tigers, but they sh- shouldn't have really too much to hang their heads over. I thought O'Connor still played well though. Um, and I think people, like, I think people tending to forget that Tigers are the reigning champions from last year, just because they started the season um, getting knocked out of the, um, the, the Australia cup and then the charity shield, people are sort of forgetting that, you know, they, they still are pretty much a quality side. Um, they still have some very good players there and they are the reigning champions with all that experience. Um, so there's, you know, there's no shame in this one for O'Connor Nice, like you mentioned, they um, that goal, fantastic from Minot Smith. I I agree. I think some of the some of their plays were really good. Um, some of the chances they had as well, uh, they were really well built up. Uh, so we know they can they can use their speed. Uh, Michael Adams uh, once again with I thought was very good. He put some beautiful balls over the top and had some really good uh, passages of play there. In terms of Tigers, I know it's still early days, but we, this is more of the Tigers that we're seeing now um, and less so of what we saw at the start of, you know, those two games I mentioned before. Um, for them, it's probably not the full 90 minutes um, they would like, but if they're, you know, getting these sort of results um, and, you know, showing uh, their quality, not for the whole 90 minutes, but, get um, but you know, getting close, they still have a lot to build on. Um, and I think they, it's going to be hard to um, bet against them to be there or thereabouts in terms of the top four and, um and fighting for the title because they've just got that much quality, that much depth, that much experience. Like you said, I still think there's a lot more to come from Tigers and uh, we only saw a glimpse of it today, but those glimpses were really, really good uh, in that regard. All right. Next up, we have Monaro Panthers and Canberra Croatia at Riverside. Nil, nil, no goals in this one, but these are always fiery affairs. They're always very, very close matches. Um, like overall, it probably was the biggest game Um of the weekend uh, for the reasons I mentioned, always close, always a bit of drama, always some quality play. Um, in terms of both sides going into this though, Monaro were missing the likes of Kishta, uh, Emilio Kishta, Josh Calabria. Uh, I believe Jay Seldon wasn't there either. Andre Carl wasn't there. In terms of Canberra Croatia, they had a few missing as well with the likes of uh, Piccolo only ended up playing uh, near the, uh, Michael Piccolo only ended up playing near the end. Uh, Jay, uh, Jason Ulgrenich wasn't there. Uh, Coach Dean Ulgrenich wasn't there either. Um, so both, you know, both sides, and there were a couple more as well. So both sides had their, um, uh, had some players missing. Um, like n- there weren't a lot of clear cut chances. Overall, I would say probably Canberra Croatia had more of the chances um, in that regard. I saw the Monaro's supporters club voted uh, Jordan Thurtell as their man of the match. Um, he once again had some fantastic mm. saves. He's having one hell of a season that game I called against Bengal and he had, he made some really, really good saves as well. Um, in terms of Canberra Croatia, I thought um, T-Boy Kamara, he's uh, going to be a key player for them this season. He, um, he, he, his pace is, is a real threat down that wing. And 
I think, yeah, he's he's looking to be a really, really good um, addition to their team. And like I mentioned, Thurtell before, and he's probably his most impressive save was uh, that shot from uh, Stephen Dominici. He made a great save yeah. to stop um, the former Monaro player last season. But Monaro certainly had glimpses. They had chances as well. Um, but I think a draw, they'll probably both look at this and say, this is always a match where it's really tough to beat either side. So I think, I don't think both sides will be um, too disappointed with the draw. Um, obviously they both prefer the win considering um, where they would have been at the table. If Canberra Croatia would have won, I believe they would have been tied with Gungahlin if I'm not mistaken. And if Monaro mm-hmm. would have won, uh, just looking at the ladder now, yeah, they would have been above Canberra Croatia and they would have been, above Tigers as well. So I'm sure they both would have liked the win, but at the end of the day, when they see who they're coming up against and how close these matches are, I think a draw um, is about right of a result. Uh, do you have any thoughts on this one before we move on? I think a draw was a fair result given the sort of how did the game ended up playing out. I don't think... Obviously, I think looking at it, that Canberra Croatia had definitely had some more clear-cut chances than what Monero were able to produce. And I think he highlighted it there with Stephen Dominici having that effort saved by Thurtell, which could easily be saved of the season as well because that was an astonishing save given the pace of the ball going into the far corner and getting your hand across. It was a great save by Thurtell. And I think both of these teams are going to look at this result now and just take it as it is. You know, it's a difficult game against, you know, difficult opposition. And, you know, it could be a point that could prove very sort of valuable moving down and forward into the season. Yeah, so next up, we've got the MPL round four fixtures, Matt. Uh, and first off, we'll kick off, kick it off with West Canberra Wanderers at home to Tigers FC. This Saturday, this Saturday April 30th, 2.15 at Melrose Synthetic. I'm going to go for a Tigers away victory in this one. Matt, what about yourself? I am as well. I still don't think we've seen the uh, the best of Tigers yet, so I think we'll constantly see improvement in that regard. Um, in saying that, though, West Canberra will be looking for an upset. Like we mentioned, they had an upset in the Australia Cup knockout Canberra Croatia, and they'll be looking for the same uh, for the same here. So this could be closer than people think. I'm just going to go for Tigers victory. Next up, we have Belconnen United at home against Canberra Olympic, Saturday, April 30th, 3pm at McKellar Park. This should be a good game, Matt. Obviously, the confidence of Olympic coming into this one, having beat West Canberra. And I think Belconnen United will be heading into this one feeling that they have something to prove, especially considering that they haven't really been able to produce at home. So far, they're obviously still looking to get their first goal at home and they've already played two games. I'm going to say a draw for this one what about yourself yeah this is going to be another close one and there is that sort of connection between both clubs there's a decent yep. amount of Belco players that went to Olympic this summer yep. and sort of vice versa as well uh, so both teams will be familiar with each other in that regard I think the confidence from Canberra Olympic though uh, after their win against West Canberra will just take it but I wouldn't be surprised uh, about either other result but I will go for an Olympic victory here, it will be a close game, though. Next up, we have O'Connor Knights up against the Monero Panthers, Saturday, April 30th, 3 p.m. 
at in- O'Connor enclosed. This will be a good game, actually, Matt. It'll be tightly contested. Obviously, O'Connor Knights back at home for this one where they were able to put in a good performance last time. They were at home against Canberra Olympic, a match that I saw. This is a tough one. I think Monero. I'm, I'm leaning towards Monero in this one to come away with an away win, but it's going to be very tough. It's going to be very tough to call indeed. What about yourself? I agree with all your sentiments. And I think what's key as well is that uh, Monaro will have, at the very least, they'll have a Calabria and Kish to back as well. Um, so that will help in terms of the creativity on the other end and the leadership of Calabria at the back as well. I'm going to agree with you and say Monaro, but I think it will be a lot closer than what people think. Yeah. O'Connor at home, uh, yeah, very strong, very um, very pumped to uh, you know play in front of their home crowd as well. I think, yeah, I think this, yeah, I think this should be the uh, the match that's on Bar TV this week. I think uh, in terms of the Saturday match, I think this will be an absolute cracker. Most certainly will. And our last match of the round four will be Gungolin United up against Canberra, Croatia, Sunday, May 1st, 3 p.m. at AIS Grassfield 2. This one's going to be very evenly matched and evenly contested, I feel. It's going to be hard to separate these two teams given the form that they're in at the moment. I'm gonna go for a. I'm gonna go for a draw. I literally cannot separate these two teams given the form that they're in at the moment. What about, what about you, Matt? Who you yeah, know? I agree as well. And I think what's key for this one as well, this these are always similar to the Monaro matches. Usually very close. I know there was that five-one victory for Canberra Croatia near the end, but they were sort of that was you know they were going through that um. Uh, sort of that uh, rough patch there where they kept getting caught on the counter um, in those regards, uh, sort of back-to-back. But, you know, Canberra Croatia have, you know, sort of bounced back from that uh, uh, cup uh, mishap and they're, they're really starting to show some form. They've still got some players to come back as well. We've yet to see the best from Canberra Croatia. Bengali United, as you mentioned, have been um, probably the most informed team so far in a... Uh, MPL, I think this one's going to be really close. It's not going to be 5-1 like it was uh, the last time these two teams played. But I'm going to say a draw. It, there's not going to be much to separate these sides. Expect a sort of a similar similar match to the Monaro one where they, you know, there's not going to be much between them. I'm not saying it's going to be nil-nil, but there won't be much. Yep. All right. Um, actually, before we move on, I'll quickly say how we both went last week. Michael, we actually had, both actually had quite a good Week last oh, week in terms of MPL one three three. Oh, beautiful! Uh, which leaves me on top five four uh, because the previous week um, I was up two one. So, yep. Yeah, no, we we actually had a good week once in, in these uh, yeah, in these tips. I know, I know. It's always hard to sort of get more than two. So <laughs> we've done really well. Indeed. All right. Next up, we have our MPLW segment. Uh, a bit scattered the matches this week. We had two, essentially two midweek matches, if you want to call Friday a midweek match. Um, so we started off, we'll start this off with Canberra Olympic 3-2 over Belconi United. This was a match that we were all looking forward to and it took place on Wednesday at the AIS. I was there calling this one with uh, the one and only Jeremy Magan. Uh, the goals were um, Ashley Sykes with two goals for Olympic and Ali Cook with a penalty as well. Belconi United was through Talia Backhouse penalty and Aaliyah Carnegie, wonderful free kick. 
Overall, very, very good game from start to finish. Canberra Olympic probably dominated possession early on. Belco were just sort of happy to sit back, but they they pressed quite a bit. So so you can I I, I really um, respect how Belconnen approached this game. They um, obviously they're usually the team on the front foot, right? But they know Canberra Olympic are the favourites. They've got all this depth in the in the team, so. Um, they ran their socks off all day. They tried to press them um, as much as they could. Uh, they kept it more solid defensively than they usually would. Um, I thought, I know they didn't get the win, but I thought Scott Conlon's tactics, um, he did very well this uh, this game and he's proved that Belco, despite the loss, can push further than what people have thought despite the losses they've had. I'll mention it throughout this one here as well. But um, so essentially, you know, whenever, a, you know, Olympic player was being received, they would uh, be pressed immediately. And so Olympic sort of had to play through this early. They had to wait and buy their time. Um, and when they did, I thought their best plays came from Nicole Jaloka dropping. She was uh, in, in striker. She would drop back um, and, you know, either she would provide a ball or someone else would. It would sort of dr- drag a player out. And or it, they, they just weren't expecting uh, Nicole to, to drop quite a bit. And that's where some of their great chances came from. Um, in terms of their first goals, are Ashley Sykes. I mean, well, what more can we say? The speed of Ashley Sykes is just absolutely something. Proving her, you know, quality or showing us her quality, should I say, once again. Her second one, I would say, was more impressive because it looked like she her touch was too heavy, right? And it looked like it was going to go out. But yep. immediately she turns on her pace. Whip, um, literally, it looked like she went for a... Like, she was probably going for the the shot, but it looked more like a cross because of the angle she was on. She was right near yeah. the goal and she was able to drag it across into the bottom right corner. I thought that was an impressive goal um, from Ash Sykes in that regard. Um, Olympic kept, um, uh, and but I guess what's most important here in terms of Belco is they, after conceding two goals early on, it could have been very easy for them to fold or, you know, mm-hmm. not get back into this one, but they got back into it. Uh, they did really, really well uh, to get back into the game. And I think what was key in that regard was Kira Bobbin uh, making that break. She made a break well below her halfway line per se. And she ran down that uh, right wing, whipped in across, and that caused the challenge to happen for the, uh, for the penalty, which um, uh, Backhouse put in. So a lot of that was Kira Bobbin. She did a very, very good job there. And sort of from creating something to nothing, got um, her team back in the game. And then the second goal was, like I mentioned, Aaliyah uh, Carnegie free kick from well out. She saw the keeper off her line just a bit and she went for it. And it literally was like that far off the crossbar, literally went perfectly, gave the keeper no chance. Um, Overall, Belko might be a little disappointed considering they did concede right late on, but Olympic really turned it up near the end because they... They, um, in terms of keeping in touch with Canberra Croatia, they need to get all the points they can get, especially um, if they got a draw, right? Going to Canberra Croatia next week, um, that would have sort of put more pressure on them than is needed in that matchup. So it was very key for them to get the three points here. So overall, very good performance from Olympic. But if I was Belko, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be disappointed at all with that performance because they showed that they will be there or thereabouts in terms of um, pushing those top two teams. Uh, do you have any thoughts, Michael, before we move on? No, I think this was sort of one of those games 
that everyone had their eyes on in the MPLW, given the obviously the hype around Canberra Olympic and the additions that they had made to the team and how they've started the season and people sort of putting them on that on a bit of that pedestal in terms of being one of the clubs that are going to be viewed at competing for a title this season. So this is a bit of a statement victory for them, I feel, to be honest, from an Olympic standpoint. I think if you build Connor United, I mean, they've definitely found themselves in this position over the years and still proven to be one of the best teams in the competition. So it's nothing that they should hang their heads too low about. They're still a quality team. And like you said, they were able to display some good tactics throughout the game and really put Canberra Olympic under some sort of pressure that they hadn't experienced before this game. So there are plenty of positives to take away from both both sides. Next up, we have West Canberra Wanderers up against Wagga City Wanderers. It was a 2-0 win for, for West Canberra. Goals from Sarah Whitfield and Tara Cannon in this game. West Canberra obviously got their season up and running with a win and a clean shirt at home, which I'm sure they'll be very, very happy about. And I do want to note that Wagga City managed to sort out their goalkeeper situation and, and get someone between the sticks. So that's very good. We obviously had mentioned that in previous episodes that it was something that they were seeking given the injuries that they had sustained in that position in their squad. And I think they were they were very resilient, especially in the first half, because they were able to keep it at nil-nil and make it very hard for West Canberra Wanderers to create anything clear-cut and you know, give them those opportunities to be able to find the goal. But eventually West Canberra were able to crack it through a brilliant cross that's, that Sarah Whitfield was able to score free at the back post, which I'm sure Wagga City will be disappointed about that they, were, that they left her wide open at the back stick where she was able to just to header the ball in. But nevertheless, they, they still made a really good account for themselves. Wagga City Wanderers, they should be... They should be proud of that performance. And like we, we've we already discussed the difficulty that they've endured so far. And sort of the most that you can do in that situation is just to sort of pull your socks up and put in a great effort. And that's what they did. So kudos to them. And I think for West Canberra Wanderers, it was just the sort of result that they needed, especially hitting, heading into a game against Tuggeranong United that, the, that they'll obviously feel is very winnable and, that will obviously create a little bit of momentum that they can sort of build upon and use as they go into the season. So this could be a good chance for West Canberra Wanderers to get some points on the board and, you know, make a little bit of noise. Moving on to the next matchup, we have Canberra Croatia 5-0 against Tuggeran United. I called this one with Russ Gibbs at Greenway. A lot of ruse present uh, that night. That was about mm. at least 20 of them. They came about yeah. near this, like near the end of the game, maybe 10 or 15 minutes to go, yeah. um, sort of all congregating as a group. I'm not sure what you call a group of ruse, but um, there was quite a few of them there on a, you know, because it's right next to the um, the reserve in that regard. Overall, um, another good win from Canberra, Croatia. First half was efficient, but probably not as good as their second. They only got one goal in the first half and... And Tuggeran United did, I thought, did really well in the first half. I'll explain that um, when I talk about them. Uh, in terms of the goal scorers, you had Bella Barrich twice, Sienna Burney with a hat trick. Um, Bella Barrich, 
we had Jeremy on the show before mention his um explanation about how you know it would be like the ball would be glued to her feet and the way she'd move and yep. um yep. create play. Uh, she was on fire once again today. It looks like that sort of that striking striker role is working really well for her. Um, and obviously, obviously she's injury free at the moment and uh, she's really sort of found her place in this team as well as Sienna Burney as well. Uh, once again, ab- there was an absence of um, Brittany Palombi and Jamie Berkeley. Grace Gill um, also wasn't present. She will be playing for the team this year. Uh, she was unavailable for this game though. So when you think about the regulars, that I mentioned that weren't there, those three there. I know that um, they haven't played too much this season. It's mostly been Barrett and Bernie that have done most of the attack, um, the attacking positions. When you think about that, and you've still got all those players to come, considering that Canberra Crash did lose a few players, this just proves how much um, how much depth they still have anyway. Uh, they went out and they brought in some depth or they um, moved players around and put them in different positions where they uh, think they would work. And they've got just as much depth as they did last season, despite losing a decent amount of players. So there's still a lot more to come from Canberra Croatia in that regard. The second half, though, they were just on fire. Tuggeron couldn't get the ball back from them. And when they did, they didn't hold on to possession as much as they did in the first half. Mm. Um, yeah, that second half display was very impressive from Canberra Croatia. And little side note, Nick Brosnich's uh, retirement only lasted three weeks of the season. Yeah. As he was on the sideline once again, covering for Zoran Glavnich, who was unavailable. Um, he's still a part of the squad, but uh, we just had a bit of a joke about that, how his retirement only lasted uh, three <laughs> weeks. So one of the shorter retirements there in that regard. Um, Tyrone, you know, like I mentioned, though, really, really good first half. I don't think they should be disappointed at all about this game. They did come up. Uh, like we mentioned for a few teams, but literally against the top three teams, back to back to back to back. They're not going to be versing those top three sides for the next um, you know, four or so games. So they'll be looking at these next games as opportunities to try and get points on the board and sort of prove that we've already showed everyone how much they've improved um, this first half as well. I mean, uh, in particular, I thought Zoe Terry and um, Lara Mustaine uh, did really well in terms of, you know, last-ditch defending and against Camper Croatia. Last-ditch defending is inevitable, right? But um, their, their timing was good. Um, whenever they, you know, Camper Croatia sort of beat them past it in the first half, they all made the recovery. Everyone worked for each other. Um, we've talked several times about how much they're improving, but we just can't stress how much, how great a job Paolo Romero has done. And that was really shown in that first half. Um, at the end of the day, Camper Croatia, Croatia's quality just showed but we've seen more than enough um, positives from Tagron that they can get points from their next four games. Um, we're obviously not sure which ones they will be for either one, but every, but they'll be looking at these next opportunities as, okay, let's use these positives and let's, we're not versing the next three teams. We've already got those hard games out of the way. So the next four games, um, they're going to be looking to make the most of it um, in that regard. All right. Who do we have next up? Yeah. Next up, we've got the, <clears throat> Canberra United Academy that were able to get a 4-0 victory over Gungahling United. Goals from Gregson, two from Hydemarsh, and a fourth from Bowman. This was the sort of bounce-back result that CUA needed, I feel, Matt, especially to get four goals in a clean sheet. You can't really ask for much more, especially against a Gungahling United team that we know is a very good outfit. And, you know, though that 
half of their goals obviously came from the penalty spot and those two goals came from from Hindmarsh, both from the penalty spot. You know, it was a much better performance compared to what they've put forward so far this season. And, you know, in saying that, though, at the same time, they have played some difficult games to begin their campaign as well. So, and I mean, Bowman, the the fourth goal, could be up there for goal of the season. It, it was an amazing, amazing goal from outside the box to make it 4-0. And you could just hear the sort of excitement in Jeremy's voice with the commentary for yeah, that one. Fun. Yeah, yeah, he um he absolutely loved it, and it you know you can't blame him because it was a very, very good goal from a long, long way away, um, you know, and I feel as though that this match against a team like Gungahlin United, in the way that they were able to win, is exactly what they need to be able to use this as motivation and you know a blueprint moving forward, especially when they come up against heavy hitters, Belconnie United this weekend, which we'll discuss about in the preview shortly, it's going to be a crucial game, especially because Belconnie United is going to be coming in with it, with a chip on their shoulder, having lost to Canberra Olympic. Yeah, look, I, I'm just going to stress how great that goal was. That was absolutely terrific. Um, the distance of it, the technique, mm-hmm. the, um, the height that she got on it, uh, the placement literally gave the keeper no, you know, opportunity. There was nothing lucky about that goal. That was all class uh, from Bowman. Uh, I would say definitely the goal of MPLW so far. And you know what? It, it's up there as well with the goal of the week along overall, along with um, uh, Minot Smith's, uh, uh, Smith's uh, free kick. Take your pick. Both were absolutely terrific goals. Um from two uh, young players as well. They're both teenagers um, in that regard. So, and like you mentioned, I'm you with uh, Canberra United Academy, really important bounce back for them. There was some really good, I really like some of the passages of play that they did. Uh, you can see it's sort of building, um, they're building back up. And we, we've all talked about how it's about performances for Canberra United Academy, not about results. Uh, but at the end of the day, getting results still, you know, is important for any team, uh, whether you're an academy side or not. So, this is a good result for them. And in terms of Gungahlin United, this is only their second game. Remember, they still haven't played that catch-up. So it's a bit hard to judge the teams that have only played twice compared to three times. Um, but both uh, two um, two losses um, so far. I know they're missing both the DeMarco sisters as they're in Indonesia, I believe it is, along with Michaela Thornton for uh, the futsal uh, they're over there. Uh, Mickey Thornton actually scored a great goal. I just saw on social media then. Mm. Uh, definitely go check that out on her social media. Uh, but yeah, not the start Pat Mills would like with Bengali United, but it's still early days and um, they're going to be looking to sort of put these results behind them, I'm sure. All right, next up, we have the previews as always. Let's start with West Canberra Wanderers against Tuggerang United Sunday, May 1st, 12.45 p.m., at Melrose Synthetic. Look, this should be a match that both teams will think uh, that they can get a result from, uh, which is good because I think this will probably be a high-scoring matchup. This will probably be a a really good matchup to see. Um, This is going to be very, very close. 
Considering what I've seen against the bigger teams, I'm going to say Tuggies are just going to edge this. I really, I really like their first half against Canberra Croatia. And if they can uh, bring those elements uh, into a match mm-hmm. against West Canberra, I think they can just nip it. But this is going to be a close one. Uh, and Jeremy says Tuggerong as well. How about you, Michael? It certainly will be a close one. I'm inclined to go with a draw for this one. I think that this will be a game where Tuggeranong pick up their first points of the season. And I, I know I mentioned the momentum that West Canberra Wanderers can look to build following their win against Wagga City, but I think a draw is what I'm going to go for. All right, next up, Canberra Crash against Canberra Olympic. Um, I will be shocked if this isn't the... Uh... MPL TV matchup this week. This should be an absolute cracker. Sunday, May 1st, Deacon Stadium, 2.30 p.m. If you're interested in seeing this match, go get a Crow Pack. Um, enjoy the match because both teams are stacked with quality. They both have depth. Um, they both have a lot of quality. Uh, this might be Grace Gill's first match back. And there's a few um, players on the Olympic team that were at Canberra Croatia last season with the likes of Olivia Fogarty and Renee Juner as well. Um, so look, both teams have been very impressive, scored a lot of goals. Um, obviously Canberra Libby came out against Belco, so they fell a bit behind in terms of the, uh, goal difference. Uh, Canberra Croatia are currently eight ahead of them when they were pretty close. Um, before that, it's going to be such a close match. I'm going to say Canberra Croatia because I think defensively, uh, they're just, they're just a, a little stronger defensively. Uh, so, yeah, but there's not going to be a lot between them. Canberra Croatia just for me. How about you? And Jeremy says Canberra Croatia as well. How about you, Michael? I'm going to go for Canberra Olympic to get an away victory against Canberra Croatia. It should be a really tight game, like you mentioned. And it's probably going to come down to a game of margins, but I really like where Canberra Olympic is going at the moment, obviously with the quality that they have. And obviously Canberra Croatia possess quality too, but I'm going to go for Canberra Olympic sort of just sneaking it. Look, it definitely could go either way. I don't uh, deny that. Olympic doing a great job as well. Next up, Bengali United against Wagga City Wanderers. Both teams that haven't got a result on the board yet, so they'll both be looking to do so. Sunday, May 1st, 3 p.m. at Gengalan enclosed. Jeremy goes for the Gengalan win for this one. I'm going to say that as well, uh, but Wagga City Wanderers, like we mentioned, it's good to see they've got their... Uh, their keeper as well. Um, you know, they will eventually get points on the board. Uh, we've seen this in the past, but it seems like they're, you know, they're Sam Gray's, you know, just building it match by match. Um, if they get hiccups like, uh, you know, injuries, try and um, replace them, but it's going to take a while to do that. Um, in terms of Garland, uh, they, they'll see this as a match that they can win, but, you know, you can never really underestimate anyone in this competition. I'm going to go with Garland. How about you, Michael? Yeah, I'm going to go for Gungal and United as well. It just becomes a point of them seeing this as an opportunity to finally kickstart their season and get some points on the board. And I think they'll do that in this game. And after CUA's result against um, Gunners midweek and impressive result as well, that leads them into good contention against Belconi United. Sunday, May 1st, 5.10pm at Hawker Football Centre. This should be interesting, especially after that result I just mentioned. Um, 
I'm going to say Belko, uh, but I think Canberra United showed last week that, you know, the start of the season for them was just a bit of a, is a bit of a rough patch. And they're going to have that, you know, throughout the season. Uh, As we mentioned, these younger girls, they, you know, it's all about the performances for them. I think they'll give a good uh, crack at Belko, but I really like the way Scott Conlon is setting up his teams match by match. I'm going to go for Belko win here. And Jeremy says a draw for this one. How about you, Michael? I'm going for Belcon and United in this match. And though you mentioned all those aspects about Canberra United Academy, which I think are valid because they obviously had a really good win against Gungal and United, a much needed win to add to that. But I think Belcon and United are in a mindset now that we don't really see too often of in terms of them coming into a game from a defeat. So... But nevertheless, I think that they'll come out with sort of a chip on their shoulder and a point to prove following the defeat to Canberra Olympics. So I'm going to go for Belcon United. And now we turn our attention to CPL action where we'll kick things off with White Eagle, Canberra White Eagles, who were able to get a 6-0 victory over Western Malongolo at Hawker Synthetic. I was able to get out there and watch that game on the weekend, we had Suntrack with a goal, uh, Townsley Man with a goal, and Kaglar with a hat-trick, and Williams on the score sheet as well for Canberra White Eagles, who, from my eyes, uh, they were pretty dominant in this game from the first whistle to the last. I mean, albeit it sort of took them maybe, you know, two, three minutes to settle, and obviously that's normal when you're just starting out a game it's sort of just a feeling out process but Eagles were able to sort of fill themselves out really quickly and you know they were they, I thought they, that they were actually really good in the midfield area with the players that they've got there they just controlled the tempo really well passed and moved kept things ticking along for Eagles who were able to sort of play a good possession based game that also had a bit of pace and movement to it as well. So I thought that they controlled things really well in the midfield and they were, and to couple that, they were obviously really ruthless in the first half because that's where five of their six total goals came in. And you could sense that when they came out of the break in the second half, that they had sort of just taken their foot off the pedal just a, a little bit, because at that point, I think that, you know, that it's just a professional job from that point onwards. You've just got to play out the rest of the game in order to see out the result in the 90 minutes and, you know, I think to also highlight Kagler, you know, he'll be happy with his hat-trick leading the line for Eagles. Three well-taken goals as well, may I add as well. That's exactly what you want from your striker. Being in front of goal, you know, converting those high percentage chances and that's exactly what he did. And I think overall this probably gives Eagles plenty of confidence, especially when they, when they come up against the likes of Queanbeyan City, ANU and Tuggeranong just sort of getting those those goals in, um, playing some good football. And although the level of competition will certainly raise, it's something that they will be prepared for given the experiences that they've gone through so far and, and the goals that they've scored and the points that they've been able to pick up thus far. So overall, it was a really good performance from White Eagles. And it's obviously a performance that Western Mongolia will feel a little disappointed about. You know, that yes, they were able to not concede any more goals beyond the 50 minute mark, but 
I think they'll be disappointed that they couldn't really shut out Eagles from creating numerous opportunities throughout the game. And I'm sure that's something that they'll look to tighten up going forward. It just wasn't their day and not a great day in the office for them. But that's what happens when you come up against a team that possesses the quality that White Eagles do. So a great win for Eagles and, you know, it'll boast well as they uh, head to Yulgali next week. Next up, um, probably the biggest win, I would say, of the uh, of the weekend. Once again, goes to Queanbeyan City. 1-0 through a Furege goal. Um, probably butchered that, my bad. In the 75th minute against Tower United. Um, huge win. We mentioned how they beat ANU uh, 3-0 last week. Now they beat Tower United, who will... <laughs> along with ANU, arguably, arguably be there, a part of their contenders, um, maybe probably along with the White Eagles as well for that top spot, or at the very least the top four. And we mentioned how well that does for them mentally, right, since they didn't get their victory against ANU. Now they got it over a former MPL1 team uh, last year in Tuggerong United. At the moment, I know it's still early days, but it really, really is clicking for Queanbeyan. We've always talked about the team morale, right, um, with a club like Queanbeyan, but under Goran Yosifovsky, uh, we mentioned how they sort of numbed down the expectations, sort of said, all right, let's start from game by game, game by game, uh, maybe not just make promotion the um, the immediate thing, or at least not in the public, right? So I would say there is less, less pressure on Queanbeyan, and we mentioned this at the start, right, how less pressure might help. I'll tell you what, so far it's working. I know um, – they did very well um, against, you know, they beat most of the teams that weren't ANU and O'Connor last year. Um, but at the moment, it just seems to be a different feel about this club at the moment. They're really, really doing well. Like we said, it's early days, but I just can't stress how big this is for them because this puts them two points ahead of White Eagles, which they haven't versed each other yet. Um, so they're the only team that win every game. White Eagles are also undefeated. Um, but more importantly, I guess three nil, uh, sorry, that's three points over ANU and in CPL, especially we saw it last year, every result matters Yep. in, in the promotion race. We saw it last year. I know we weren't able to complete the season, but at the end of the day, that victory that O'Connor had against ANU was what set them over the, you know, that's what put them over the top and they're an MPL one now because of it. So every match matters especially the big ones and Queanbeyan so far three from three and against two of their biggest rivals. Um, very, very impressive stuff from them. Impressed with what Goran Yosifovs is doing. Um, in terms of targets, we mentioned the same of their second game, not their third. Um, they did get that big win over Ugali for nil. It was a very close matchup though, from what I heard, it always is between these two. Uh, they both teams fought hard and, uh, Queen Bean came out of the victors. Um, I wouldn't write off Tuggeron though just yet. Uh, after this, after this defeat, uh, we mentioned they do have MPL one experience there. They have some really good young players. Um, Mitch Stevens, really good coach, as we mentioned. So I would still consider Tuggeron for that race as well. Um, but obviously, Queen Bean are the most informed of the lot. Who do we have next up, Michael? Yeah, next up we have ANU who were able to get a three-one victory over the Brindabella Blues. On the score sheet for ANU was Ellis, Hines and Model, and Schaefer got on the score sheet again for Brinda Bella. Obviously a big win for ANU as they bounce back after last week's swift defeat to Queanbeyan. You know, they've not been used to defeats like that, so it's important for them to bounce back with a victory and keep 
keep it tight whilst whilst doing so. And, you know, they scored three very well-taken goals in the process, you know, especially the first was a really worked, really well-worked volley, sorry. And also a very unlucky sort of, you know, in hitting the bar from, from a house free kick um, that hit the top of the crossbar, you know, it was great, great technique. You know, they, they currently sit third, one point behind Eagles and three behind Quambian uh, as the current stands present themselves. And obviously it's still early days, but in a position like this, fighting for every point sort of counts, Matt, you know, you touched on it just then in CPL, probably out of all three of the competitions that every point matters in this league. And, it, it proves absolutely crucial in terms of where you're going to end up in the season from game to game. So it's important to pick up points whenever possible. And, you know, it, it was just a great overall performance from ANU, just mainly to get that bounce back victory that they so desperately craved and ultimately got. From all accounts, Brindy's, you know, they, they played their game, but, you know, Against ANU, it's always going to be tough. And, you know, it was always going to be tough, tough for them, sorry, to really keep it tight at the back and not allow a lot of space for ANU to operate in. And, you know, they were actually able to, they were able to actually take the lead in this game uh, through Curtis Schaefer. We know how prolific he is in, in around the penalty box from a well-taken header. You know, they just weren't able to keep a hold of that lead. And I'm sure that's something that they'll be a little bit disappointed in, in terms of having that opportunity to actually be in front against an opposition like ANU. But, you know, they weren't able to hold on. And, you know, this will be, it's still a learning period for them and a, and a transition for Brindis to keep sort of moving forward. And in terms of being able to produce results in this big, in these big games, this will sort of teach them a lot. And, you know, they're still looking for their first win of the season. Um, but, you know, there's plenty of time for them to, you know, get some points on the on the board. All right, next up, we have the Riverina Derby, Ugali 2, Wagga City Wanderers 2. First points of the season for the home side, Ugali, and their first home match as well. Share of the spoils for the Riverina Derby. The goals were O'Rourke and, Don- and Isaac Donadell for Ugali and Plongis and Cadzola for Wagga City Wanderers. Sorry, I butched Jake's name there. Um, as always, if you want to watch uh, home matches from Ugali, you can see it on their Facebook page. I was able to catch a decent amount of this, um, which I'm glad I did. Uh, all the goals were in the second half, so uh, they cancel each other out in the first. The away side, Wagga, opened the scoring after Jake Plongis uh, was in the right position to pounce on the aftermath of a save via a cross um, from the Ugali keeper. That's Plongis, that's Jake's, I should stop saying his last name because I've just absolutely ruined this name <laughs> for him. My bad. Uh, this is Jake's third goal of the season, making him uh, the Wanderers' top scorer so far. Uh, two minutes later, Ugali, though, got straight back into the contest, so they wasted no time in this derby. Uh, with a very well-worked team goal, a long ball over the top um, from, well, you know, um, just from just over halfway. Um, found O'Rourke in the box, chested it, uh, put it down, beat his man and put it in the bottom corner. Very, very well-worked goal there from Ugali. And then uh, not only did they go equal, they also went and took the lead eight minutes later via an absolutely cracking free kick from 
Isaac Donadell from at least 30 metres out. So we've seen some cracking goals so far this weekend in all the leagues. Um, Wago wasted no time, though, getting back into the matchup via Cazzolo, who capped off a quick transition of play with the keeper, um, smashing the ball uh, down the line. And uh, the winger, I don't remember who it was, but the winger who um, cut in, did very well, part, um, beat his man, passed it off to Cazzolo, who was able to finish that. So overall, considering the way the table is, Wagga probably would be a little happier with that draw uh, because this does put them in the top four. Uh, Tuggies still do have that match in hand though, so that could change. But from three matches so far, one win, one draw, um, Wagga would be uh, glad, I would say, with the way they've started their season. And, you know, they've competed uh, when they've been put in these uh, positions. So Overall, obviously, both sides like to win, especially in a derby, but I think Wagga would be a little happier with that. Uh, like we mentioned, Ugali's first points of the season, and they did let that lead slip right at the end. So, um, But regardless, this was a really good performance, though, as well from Ugali. So I'm sure they'll be looking to build on this performance moving forward. All right, Michael, what are our fixtures for this week? Yeah, we've got Western Malonglow up against Brindabella Blues, Saturday, April 30th, 2.45 at Woden Park and closed. I'm inclined to go with Brindabella Blues here, Matt, uh, for them to get the victory. And I believe, yeah, it would be their first victory of the of the season. I agree. I'm going to go for Brindies here. It might be a little closer than what people think, but at the moment, the Brindies just seem more in form uh, than Western. Next up, we have Queanbeyan City up against Wagga City Wanderers, Saturday, April 30th, 3pm at High Street. I think Queanbeyan are just going to continue that momentum, having back-to-back victories over ANU and now Togganong United, which we just discussed. So I'm going to go for a Queanbeyan City victory here, Matt. Same here, but uh, Wagga will, they'll battle. They'll battle in this one. Uh, We saw how they did against... um, the White Eagles, I believe it was, where they only lost 4-2, but they'll battle at this one. I'm going to say Queanbeyan again, but yeah, Wagga will make a good account of themselves. Uh, but yeah, Queanbeyan to go 12 point, uh, sorry, twelve points overall. Yep. Next up, we have Tuggeranong United up against a new Sunday, May 1st, 3pm at Canberra 201. I think this is going to be a very, very tight game, Matt. Very hard to separate these two teams given the form that they're in. I'm going to go for a draw. What about you? Look, this one's very, very tough. I'm going to say... I'm going to say a and just just in this one, but I could easily see a draw. I might try and get out to this game if I'm not commentating, actually. Um Mm. Uh, out of Canberra. So Canberra must be ready now because I don't yeah. think either side were able to use it because the field wasn't ready because ACT That's were right. a bit late in getting these fields ready. So it's good to see that Canberra 201 is ready to go. I'm going to say ANU just, but I wouldn't be surprised with either result for this one. Yeah, me too. Moving on, we've got Yulgali against Canberra White Eagles Sunday, May 1st, 3 p.m. at Solomad Stadium. I'm going to go for a White Eagles victory in this one, Matt, I think they're going to build that momentum and have that confidence from the last match where they were able to beat Western. What about you? 
Yeah, look, I'm going to go White Eagles as well. Uh, expect a competitive Ugali, though. They're always strong at home. And after last week, I think they'll probably have a point to prove as well. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if they can uh, uh, nip something from this game. But I, like you mentioned, I really like the, I really like the way uh, White Eagles have been building um, this offseason. Uh, they really seem to be building something there. Uh, at White Eagles. So I'll go with them for that victory. And overall, we actually drew again in this one, 3-3 in uh, MPL2. Me, so overall it's me 5, you 4 from the previous week as it was 2-1 as well. So we've had near identical scores. And I'm not sure if I mentioned the MPLW results, but we all got three as well, including Jeremy. So um, the overall scores are seven. You're you're on top for MPLW, seven. Then me with six, then Jeremy with five because you got a clean sweep the day before so we've all had a pretty good week in that regard in uh in terms of us guessing the games which isn't too bad considering it was uh we keep talking about how it's hard to call especially npl one awesome all right thank you michael as always another good show next week we'll be back for episode 50 with some of the regular guests um for that milestone uh, any last thoughts before we head off no, I'm just sort of keen, obviously, to witness some more action over the course of the weekend, which will be nice. So plenty of football to go around, but very exciting times. Indeed it is. Thank you very much, everyone. That was episode 42 of the Canberra Football Show. We'll see you next week for episode 50.